you gore fiends and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how you doing not too bad um thank god it's not a full moon <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know when this goes up i don't pay attention to the lunar cycle oh god it might be <laughs> yeah american werewolf in london it's about time yeah this is one this is a movie i grew up on like i remember being very little and having my parents show me this and me being like, I love the funny parts, but the scary parts scared the fuck out of me. I forgot that, like, the transfer- transformation scene, like, traumatized me when I was little. Oh, the transformation scene is brilliant. It's, I think, the best werewolf transformation scene still today that's ever been done. Oh, I would 100% agree. Because even just watching it, you know, like, about an hour ago, it still holds up. Yeah, I'm not even talking about, oh, for its time. I mean... It has not been topped still today. No, to where still, like, I will look at it and cringe and be like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, ooh, it's body horror. I knew this was going to get you a little bit during that scene. I was thinking about you for me, like, oh, Brett's not going to like this part. No, every single time when it's, like, hands stretch and his feet stretch, those are the two worst ones. Oh, for sure. Um, also, kind of cool little week to week, same year as last week's movie, 1981. Oh, shit, no way. Yeah, that happens. It's kind of cool when you see that, like, the different stuff that was coming out at the same time. And just, like, how weird and of a horror movie this is with, like, how, like, comedic it is at points, but then horrific it is. Like, this is by John Landis, the same guy that did Animal House and Blues Brothers, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so weird because, yeah, it, there is a lot of comedy in it, but it's not, it, you could consider it a horror comedy, but it's not over the top with it or anything i guess in the same way cabin in the woods is a horror comedy more that level compared to like a zombie land or Shaun of the dead everyone just take your 40s take them back inside just keep partying what is that from that's from cabin fever yeah uh that's i bet cabin in the woods i say cabin fever oh i don't know i just heard cabin and i thought of that i heard uh, for the <laughs> so listener i'm so confused I'm... when you said it, like like, I know that quote, but I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> no, for the listener, I'm still kind of getting over COVID, so I still have COVID brain slightly. Oh, yeah, but you know what I mean? It's not like the over-the-top comedy. It's that subtle, more like, where it's still a straight-up horror movie. Exactly. Yeah, when it needs to be horrific, it is. So, like you said, written and directed by John Landis, same guy as Blues Brothers, which is just wild, like the tonal shifts they took. And um, Throbbing with Horror has the very slightest connection to Blues Brothers. We were we featured on their official Instagram page because I did a video of like just recording a scene I like um, from the movie on my phone on like one of my old televisions. And they liked it and like linked it to their page, but it's on the Throbbing with Horror page. I am half of throbbing with horror, Brett. Why did I not know this? I don't know. This was like about a year ago. I don't. Maybe you did tell me. I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, oh, so like, what? Well, you taped a scene off of your television, and they said they liked it. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. I'm like, oh, that's neat. Okay, so yep, 1981, John Landis, American Werewolf in London, rated R. So kicks off. Have you noticed every song in this movie? talks about the moon oh and like so many uh, i the music's just so great and it's one just it kicks you like right into kind of the mood it's gonna be in like i love all their moon songs it does and like you have blue moon playing over the opening credits like over all these hills and england but look after about i felt like the 10th minute of credits i'm like okay I'm fucking, I get it we're <laughs> about to watch the movie yeah blue moon blue moon okay Man, these opening credits went on forever, didn't they? Yeah. But then we get meet our backpackers, who are David and Jack. And they get out of a sheep truck, and they're walking around talking. They're doing a vacation where they backpack across Europe, I guess. Yeah, it's two Americans backpacking across Europe. I love all their like dialogue back and forth with each other and whatnot. It's hilarious. 
Oh, is that really fun? Like, you could listen to them talk. They should have a podcast. Or it's like, how many times are you watching a movie and you know there's going to be that switch where it changes to something else, but you're like, I could continue to watch this movie of just these two backpacking across Europe and, like, getting in misadventures. Exactly. Uh, They make it to this town and they stop at a pub called the Slaughtered Lamb. Interestingly, the Slaughtered Lamb sign is not of a lamb, it's of a wolf. Yeah, and I love, I think Jack is making comments like, oh, come on, what, why don't we go to, like, the Hanging Pig or whatnot? It's like, let's find an even, like, worse-sounding bar than the Slaughtered Lamb to go into. And it's 100% like they walk inside and, like, the record skips and, like, everyone stares at them. I'd be walking right back out in one second. Walk in, that happened, like, nope. There's a bar in my town that is like that. I won't say the name, but you walk in, you will literally hear shouted, we have outsiders. Oh, Jesus. Yep, you don't go in there. Yeah. Yeah, I would not be staying there, but they walk in, they're cold and hungry. Can we get some food? We don't have food. And they keep asking, we don't have that. And he goes, do you want some tea? Oh, can I, do you have tea? No, but I can make you some. This is the only lady in the bar is the bartender or barkeep. I don't know the proper term for pub, bar, all this stuff. But yeah, she's the bartender and owner, I guess. Yeah. And she's the one telling them this. And look, after the whole awkward, like you said, record scratch, everything stops, people there do kind of warm up to them for a quick second. Like, they start telling a joke and everything, and they're laughing, and they notice this, like, pentagram. I don't think it's a pentagram. I think the pentagram needs a circle, right? I don't know. Well, yeah, the the pentagram, I'm pretty sure, needs the circle. But yeah, they're talking about it's like a five-pointed star. Yeah, like, on the wall with these creepy, waxy, like, melted candles next to it. And I love they start to bring up, like, have you ever seen the Wolfman? Yeah. But they're talking, and they just get in with these people. They finally accept them. You know, okay, these American backpackers aren't so bad. They're laughing, telling jokes with them and everything. It's like, what's up with the star? And then, record scratch again. Yeah, the record just started playing again, and it fucking, it's over once again, because everyone's laughing and having a good time. And he, like, shouts over them. What's that star mean? And then, yeah, just once again, everyone... basically interrupts them. Yeah. And, like, (laughs) this character I've dubbed as Darts McGee misses his dart when they ask about the star. He's like, you made me miss my dart. I've never missed a dart, even since I was a boy. Like, now I'm mad. And say, like, oh god, like we we made the red like the English redneck like Mrs. Dart throw. He's already he's super pissed at us. He's looking at us like he looks at his sheep. Let's get out of here. I know we have listeners in the UK. What is the is it would it just be redneck, the term for like small townsfolk English people? No, it's I heard I heard I heard That was Scotland, I believe. <laughs> but anyway. Um, it basically kick him out and the bar keeps like, you can't send him out there. That's murder. They're, they're making him leave and everything and they kick him out. And what do they tell him? Stick to the road, avoid the woods. Do they say, uh, avoid the moors, stick to the road and, uh, beware the moon. Okay. And they kick him out. Then there's a big like argument in the pub after they leave about, you can't send him out there and everything. That's their problem now. But Honestly, I think they went out of there just as much, so they pretty much take right off. Yeah, well, they were already kind of getting up and leaving on their own, but kind of like, okay, let's get the fuck out of here. And that's when she's like, you can't let him go. Yeah. And then we hear the howling, which is really cool. Do you know what they use for the sound effect for this? No, but it's haunting. They use an actual wolf cry and an elephant combined together, and they played it backwards. Oh, okay. It's a fucking creepy sound. Oh, yeah, and it's, you know right away, werewolf. Also, because we're watching a movie with werewolf in the title. But, yeah, you know right away what it's supposed to be. They hear it in the pub, and they're like, it's out there. And then Jack and David also hear it when they're walking. Like, what the hell's that? Well, I love, like, they're sitting in the pub and uh, the rest of, like, the English people. And they're all like, we didn't hear anything. And it's, like, perfect comedic timing. (laughs) It's like, right after he says that. (laughs) yeah you heard it but of course jack and david do not stick to the road they're walking through some field i guess they're walking through the moors which i guess is just a english term for field 
Okay, I was like, I, I don't know what this word means, but thank you. Yeah, I, I've just learned it from this movie, so... <laughs> okay, but yes, they're walking through the moors, and they hear it, and this is actually a really tense scene, I think, because they hear, like, what the hell is that? They keep going, they kind of start running, and then they hear the howling coming from a different side, and like, it's circling us, like, it's just going around them and everything, which, honestly, this would be terrifying. I don't like this. I live, basically, in the woods, you know, and... Uh uh-uh. uh, like I hear coyotes too close, I get freaked out. There's no way if you catch me walking around the moors at night and something was circling me, I'd be fucking booking it back. Well, I love too. They're treating it almost like there's like, oh no, like just don't pay attention to it and it'll go away. Of just like they keep changing directions, being like, oh, it's in front of us. Let's walk this way very fast now. Yes, walking this way very fast. <laughs> yeah, they say let's go back to the pub, but they're lost. They don't know which direction they're facing at that point because how they're just doing what you said. Yeah, and so, yeah, they just kind of start walking, and I love they're like, walking to where? And it's just like, not here. Yeah. Um, it was, I think David falls down, and Jack goes to run, he's like, ah, he helps David up. Brett, if me and you were in the situation where a werewolf was circling us, I would let you know, Brett, there's a monster circling us. Take off, I'll see you at the end. We'd be gone. <laughs> Good luck to you. Oh, yeah, where it's like a thing of like, uh, yeah, David goes down. Jack, like, kind of laughs and goes to help him back up. Jack gets attacked by the werewolf, and David sees him getting, like, ripped apart, and David runs away. And then it's like, Jack, and he runs back. It's like, no, you've already run away. Keep running away. Yeah, at this point, look, you either do the thing and you save him right then, like, when he's attacked. Like, you poke it in the eyes or whatever. But once you've run, look, he's probably dead by now, dude. Keep running. Yeah, and it's going to be like, I'm sorry, Greg. It was good knowing you. I'll dedicate the next episode to you. We'll do uh, Wolfman. <laughs> and <laughs> He runs back, and Jack is very dead. And then David's attacked by the monster, the werewolf. And the pub crowd all shows up and shoots the wolf. David, like, sees a naked guy with a bunch of bullet holes right next to him as he's, like, fading out of consciousness. And... That guy's dead. David, like, passes out, wakes up in a hospital. So, in this universe, you know, like, all zombies, vampires, werewolf movies, they all kind of have their own set of rules, you right. know? So this one, silver bullets and all that shit are out. You can just kill them. Right, and that's one of the first time, like, watching this again after a while. I was like, oh, do they have, like, silver shotgun shells or something? But, yeah, they bring up later about silver bullets. It's like, oh, come on, what do you think this is, a movie? Yeah, which, I mean, I'm not going to complain about, because like I said, I've watched enough monster movies to know every single version has its own rules. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, there's no Wolf's Bane, there's no glowing pentagram on Lon Chaney Jr.'s palm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He wakes up in the hospital, and (laughs) so there's two nurses talking, and the one, like, oh, he's starting to wake up, and then she's talking to the other nurse, who's one of our main characters, Alex, but she's like, I think he's American. I also think he's Jewish. Jewish. I saw a peak down there. <laughs> and she's like, no, I think in America, a lot of people do that. So here's the thing. That nurse should be fired, because she's not saying it was like a medical procedure, like I had to clean him up or catheter him or anything. She's like, no, I took a peak. That nurse is canceled. Oh, yeah, she's just like, no, he's American. I thought he was pretty, so I'm staring at his dick. Like... <laughs> And the Jewish thing makes me want to bring this up, because I've seen people write about this movie in this way, and I don't lie, I don't buy it, I think it's people looking too far into it, but there is some evidence, so I'll ask you what you think. Do you think there's any, like, allegory about being Jewish or anything like this in this movie? Because, let's be real, we have, like, werewolf SS, like, officers yeah. in his dream later on. His family is Jewish when we see their house in his dream, because there's, like, the menorahs and everything set up. like. Did you get any of that or no? Like, well, Yeah, it does make sense with John Landis being Jewish. Yeah, but do you think like it was a theme or he just happened to be a Jewish character? Oh, no, I could. Well, I don't know if it was really a theme theme, but I could see John Landis throwing little bits of that kind of in there for that. Yeah, I'm not sure because people have this tendency to add like subtext to movies that definitely are not there. So I'm never sure like if I should buy into him or not because... Some are legit, and others are people putting their own spin on the movie. I never noticed it on my own without you pointing it out. Okay, so you're more the same boat I was with that then. But 
the doctor is right behind the nurses overhearing the one doesn't fire her taking a look at patient's junk but whatever he sends both of them away and he's talking to him and there's also a man from the american embassy there with him do you know who this guy is no this is Frank Oz, Master Yoda himself. Oh, okay. I saw Frank Oz was in this movie. I just didn't know which he, which character he was. That's hilarious. Yeah. And also, we get Kermit and Miss Piggy like on the TV for a brief period of time and everything in this movie. But yeah, that's Frank Oz randomly in this movie. That's awesome. But the doctor tells him he was attacked by a lunatic and he's just waking up now. He's been out for three weeks. And the American Embassy guy says, Jack, I need you to... Calm yourself for a second. Doesn't give him a second, even. Like, he doesn't come up for a breath. He's like, your friend Jack is dead. He's like, I'm sorry to inform you, your friend Jack is dead. And it's like, okay, could you do it any more stiff and British-like? <laughs> but here's the other thing, too. is like, he's rightfully, like, distraught, because him and Jack were clearly very close. Like, you don't go on random European backpacking vacation with someone you... No, so so. No, that you're gonna be best friends with the person you're doing this with. Yeah, and he's obviously distraught by. It. He's like, no, like and freaking out. Like, you need to calm down right away. Calm down, sir. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, what, what is the matter with you acting in such a manner? Like, when he just found this out. He's like, one, I've been out for three weeks of my life. That just, I'm waking up from him in shock. Did he tell me my best friends that, yeah, I'm going to be a little weird right now? He's like, huh, uppy the Americans losing their minds. <laughs> but, yeah, they're like, no, it was a lunatic. There was no wolf. Um, the two investigators do question the doctor about him. And they don't see anything weird with the story. Everything's normal. That's pretty much the end of them for now. Because they don't believe David about the wolf at all. Um, Real quick to bring up about David. I was looking at his, like, filmography. He was already kind of a throbbing with horror alumni. What was he in that we've done? Body Bags and Ice Cream Man. We didn't do Ice Cream Man. Oh, we haven't done Ice Cream Man yet? No, we didn't do that movie, oh. Brett. Well, one day we'll do Ice Cream Man, but I love Ice Cream Man. I saw he was in those two, and I was like, oh, shit. I've seen Ice Cream Man, but no, we haven't done it for the show. But who was he in Body Bags? I think he was, um, isn't he the guy that saves that woman at the very beginning at the gas station? Oh, I'm not sure. That's in, I'm going to have to go back and check that out now. I don't know who he plays in there. Yeah, you like the handsome like guy that like leaves his credit card. I'm pretty sure that's him. Oh, maybe. I'm, I don't remember. I haven't seen Body Bag since we covered it. I don't know. We get this weird dream where we get some full frontal right here from David running through the woods naked and... He sees a deer, and he kills it and eats it. And that's pretty much it. And then, is this where he looks like a vampire for a second? No, that's, I think, in a, it's pretty soon coming up, if not now. But yeah, where, like, Alex comes in and, like, kind of leans down to him, and, like, he looks up, he has an awesome makeup effect. Yeah, it's very more vampire than werewolf, but it's real cool looking. Yeah, well, they do keep mentioning Bella, they mention Bella Lugosi in this movie, like, two or three times. I knew you'd be very excited about that. Yeah, where as soon as, like, I remember you, like, sent me the clip real quick when you were watching it, and when I got to it, of like, yeah, Bella Lugosi bit uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and the Wolfman, and uh, Claude Rames kills Bella Lugosi, and I'm just like, oh, I love all of these names! <laughs> it makes it jump up, like, three ratings for you. Oh, if this, if American Werewolf in London wasn't so good, I would immediately just be like, I'd rather be watching that movie! <laughs> we get uh if i say nurse price or alex they're the same characters she's a nurse her name is alex price but we get her just doing her job walking around checking beds and we get this no kid as i have dubbed him this kid that just says no to everything which this is kind of where you get the whole john landis like style humor just random little shit like this and i do enjoy it yeah and i love like the kid has like 50 comic books just like all over his bed yeah he's like don't you want to read no I thought you liked comics. No! Do you want to eat? No! That's the only word he says the entire movie, but he says it like 50 times. Yeah, and it, and it could be very annoying, but it's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex comes in and tells David he has to eat. He's like, no. And she's like, fine, then I'm going to have to make you eat. She gets on the bed with him and basically does the, here comes the airplane, brrr, to him and like, makes him eat his food. Yeah, and it's like immediately goes into like flirty nurse territory of like, oh, do you want a sponge bath? 
Yeah, it's definitely, they start flirting here because they're a couple by the end of the movie and everything. Here's the other thing. I know I'm jumping ahead. I'll ask you this, though. Let's say this whole scenario, you are an American in London, your friend's killed, you know, you wake up in the hospital. Look, that sucks, right? Right. But you just abandoned your entire life. You're like, well, I guess I live here now. Yeah, I don't get why, like, I get, like, you're still there when, like, you're recuperating and whatnot, but, like, he's out of the hospital and now living with her. Like, I could see, like, oh, thanks for letting me shack up here for, like, one night until I can catch an airplane back home. Yeah, but no, he's just, like, living there now. Like, I'm now part of, I guess if you're attacked out here, you become a naturalized citizen. Oh, pretty lady, want me in her house. Family who? <laughs> exactly. But anyway, they're flirting and everything. This is the dream we were talking about. Yeah, we already covered it. But I gotta mention though, the werewolf Nazis breaking in. Number one, the like uh a makeup effect is oh, so not that one yet. Oh we're yeah. not. Okay. No, this is the vampire looking one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, we'll cover the Nazi werewolves for oh, sure. Uh, there for a second I was gonna be like, Are you just glossing over Nazi werewolves here, Greg? Oh no, not at all. <laughs> He does tell the doctor, like, I wasn't attacked by a lunatic. Again, he's still insisting on his story, and the doctor still doesn't believe him about the animal attack. Um, David's sitting there at night, can't sleep. Alex is, like, reading up, reading to him. They have a weird relationship where it's very, like, parental almost at the beginning. Like, I just realized this now. She's, like, reading him stories, doing here comes the airplane with food and everything. It's a little weird. Some Freudian stuff going on there that I don't quite get. He has, like, a mom fetish. Yeah, something like that, or she does, I don't know. But this is where we get the werewolf Nazi dream that you are accusing me of skipping over. It's like, it comes out of nowhere, where, like, you're just kind of watching this family, and then you're like, oh, okay, what's kind of really going on? And then, yeah, the werewolf Nazis knock on the door, and Dad goes and opens it, and just the entire family gets obliterated. Like, the makeup effects are amazing. Like, it's scary as fuck. It's like, they're screaming and whatnot. And then I love it's the fake out of like he wakes up and he thinks everything's okay. And then the Nazi war- werewolf stabs the nurse with the knife coming out of like the curtain. So the fake out, I, I've seen this movie before, but I, it still catches me off guard every time. I'm like, oh shit, this is real. I'm like, oh, never mind. But every time I'm like, that's wild. And I'm glad you brought the makeup because this actually won the first Oscar given out for makeup and special effects like that. Like, best makeup i guess i don't know but anyway it won the first oscar for it was american werewolf in london oh nice yeah uh rick baker who um you were talking about uh frank oz earlier with yoda uh rick baker who did star wars and empire yeah and fun fact about him he's the nazi werewolf that stabs her no shit yeah, that's Rick Baker in that costume. That's all. You know these special effects guys love doing shit like that? Because how many times have you seen where, like, Tom Savini is the guy in the makeup doing the thing? Of just like, ooh, I want to play Nazi werewolf now. Exactly. But yeah, so that's all going on. And we get our first Jack hallucination, or is uh-huh. it? But Bloody Jack shows up. And again, I'm going to say this a thousand times about this movie. The effects on him are just awesome. Like, he has, like, skin hanging off, like, with blood still, like, oozing out of it and everything. And he warns David that it was a werewolf. And since he was killed by a werewolf, he can't move on to the afterlife. He's stuck in limbo to walk the earth until the last werewolf in that line is killed, which now is David. Yeah, I love the, like, how Jack's makeup goes from, like, the very first time you see him, it still, like, looks like a fresh kill to the last time. He's basically a skeleton. Oh, it's awesome. And that actually adds like a little extra bit of urgency to it. Because otherwise, it's like, okay, it's a standard werewolf movie. But from, I guess, Jack's perspective, look, he's going to be stuck walking the world and he's rotting. Like, imagine, like, if David doesn't die and Jack has to do like 20 years when it's only been like two weeks and he already looks like this. Well, my number one thing is, like, okay, if we're going back to where, like, you're Jack who got killed and I'm David, which is what I'm putting this as. Oh, you get to be the cool one. I'm the dead guy. Yeah, I want to be the guy that hooks up with the, like, hot British girl. Okay, fine. But yeah, it would be like my number one thing. Be like, oh, we don't have to quit the podcast now. Can your voice still be picked up on audio recording? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I really like this. Well, I, I don't know why. I know it's new and added to this. I like this idea of you can't move on to the afterlife or whatever and you're stuck to walk the earth. Because it adds more of a tortured element to the person who has the werewolf curse. Like, you're going to be followed by your victims and everything. Yeah, it's not just a like cl- like uh, clear night and day thing like they did with Lon Chaney Jr. and the Wolfman of like, he's tortured because he knows what he does. It's like, David's tortured because he knows what he does. And then the added fact of now everyone he kills follows him and it's like, you should kill yourself. Oh yeah, that and he does. He tells him, kill yourself before he kills any others. And Alex comes in the room, and right after having this weird hallucination of your dead friend telling you to kill yourself, he gives Alex her first kiss. He's like, I'm a werewolf. I also need to point out, I love that, like, during this entire monologue with Jack and David, like, Jack starts eating David's, like, breakfast. Yes, he does. And also, the line, you ever have a conversation with a corpse? It sucks, they're boring, or something (laughs) like that. Like they're so boring. Like, yeah, I get the thing of like number one, I'm tortured. Number two, it's still Jack as Jack. So he's funny. Yeah. So David's getting released from the hospital. Alex tells him that he can stay with her for a little bit. And they go grocery shopping. I think there's a little dig at Margaret Thatcher, who look, I am not an expert on British English politics, but I believe she's basically the English version of Reagan. And really bad economic policies and everything, how we have trickle down here. So it was like kind of a dig at that. They're like, oh, the prices are insane anymore and everything. It fits the time period. I think that's what they're going for. And then they get on the subway with all the London punks, which I like to see. Yes, I love the London punk scene. And like the the only reason I know Margaret Thatcher's name is probably because of my love of British punk. 100%. That's the same, because over here we had everyone going off against Reagan, it was the same thing over there, so that's why I tie the two together. Yeah, but I love the two punks are making out, and David just keeps making faces at them while they're on the, uh, what's it called? What's their version of the subway? subway? Oh, it's not called the subway? No, it's called something else. It's not called the loo. Uh, underground train. <laughs> yeah, it's not a loo, that's, a, that's the bathroom. Well, yeah, but it's called something else. Okay, okay, but we'll just, for our sake, we'll call it the subway, since we don't know. Or the loo. <laughs> we will not call it the loo. Boy! But, <laughs> but he moves in with her, and she has the line, I find you very attractive, and a little bit sad. I've had seven lovers, three of them one night stands. I'm not usually the kind to bring stray American boys home. And he's like, I would sure hope not. Like, you could definitely tell she's like, I think you're very attractive and I want to be with you, but I do not know how to initiate. She's more bold than he is. He's kind of like, okay. And she says, I'm going to take a shower if you'd like to watch telly. This is a test. And he passes because he gets in the shower. I assume that this was a test laid out by her. And we get, it's a really awkward shower and then sex scene, but. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. The shower scene, they kind of like are kind of kissing, but they're mostly just hugging. Yeah, it's really weird. And apparently John Landis wrote this movie when he was 19. Now, it wasn't made then, but that's when he wrote it. And you can definitely tell this was written by a 19-year-old. Like, yeah, they go back to the house and he she tests them to get in the shower with her. And then we have shower and then sexy. It really feels like a 19-year-old wrote it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Then they're going to get in the shower together. And... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, After that, he's in the bathroom, I think, pissing or brushing his teeth. I don't know why that's important, but it was one of those. And we get an even more decayed dead Jack vision. And this is, he's starting to turn green and rotted a little bit. And tomorrow night is the full moon, tells David to kill himself again. It's another great one of those medicine cabinet mirror reveals where the medicine cabinet's like a tiny bit off. And David closes it and that reveals Jack. Oh, yeah, exactly. The classic. Yeah, but I love it. He's like, hi, Dave. And Dave is like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, he's still like, (laughs) it's not that it's not nice to see you, man, but you're not looking good. (laughs) He says the line after he saw him to kill himself, I will not be threatened by a walking meatloaf. Yes, I love that. Yeah, because that comes back (laughs) in a minute, like here in a little bit when he transforms. He's like, I'm sorry for calling you a walking meatloaf. (laughs) And then Alex comes like, were you talking? And he's very, like, honest. He tells her right away, I 
thought for sure, but oh, nothing, it was nothing. But he tells her about the whole Jack vision and everything, and this is where we get, have you ever seen the Wolfman? And he's basically explaining the whole plot of the Wolfman to her. He would be very good at throbbing with horror, that's exactly what we do. Yes, because as soon as it's like, oh, you know uh, the Wolfman when Bella Lugosi, I'm like, say it slower. Bella Lugosi, that's it, that's it. <laughs> you want to go take a shower? <laughs> He thinks that a werewolf can only be killed by someone who loves them. Where the fuck is he pulling this from? And it's not... It's not even the rules of this movie. Why is he pulling that? Yeah, that I have no idea. Well, because that's when he mentions about uh, Claude Rains and the Wolfman killed the... Uh, either killed Lon Chaney Jr. or killed the old gypsy that Bella Lugosi plays. And it was like his father or whatnot. So that's where he kind of gets it from, but... I don't think that's, yeah, like you said, it doesn't come back, really, and it's not even true in this, like, continuity. Yeah, I'm not even complaining about, like, oh, that's not proper werewolf lore. I'm like, one, it's not, but it's not even, like, werewolf lore for this movie. So what the fuck is this? Is it just a way of just being like, I love you, without having to say it? I guess so. Uh, next, the doctor goes to the slaughtered lamb. He's still kind of investigating, because... David still hasn't let up on his story, so he goes to investigate a little bit. And he goes into the bar, asks about the star, and nobody says anything. He's like, how about those Americans that came in? Nasty bit of business with them? No one says anything? Look, if people would know how to approach these people a little bit better, maybe make some conversation first or anything. Earlier, it's like, what's with the star? Cutting off the joke. Americans died. What happened? No wonder these people don't say shit to you. Well, yeah, I love when he comes. He comes in and he wants food, and once again they're like, "We don't have food." He's like, "Okay, how about you know a coffee? We don't have coffee." He's like, "Okay, well, I guess a small Guinness will be fine." Then he takes like two sips out of before he leaves. Which I, I mean, Guinness is fucking brutal. I don't like it. I don't like beer that looks like Pepsi. I've heard though that. Guinness over there is actually good. It's something about how the Americans do it. We don't do it right. That sounds like some Guinness propaganda. Over there, they probably say the same thing. If you go to America, it's really good just to keep their sales up. I don't think it's good anywhere. No, they don't have old German or past. <laughs> but so, yeah, they're giving them nothing. One guy, the dirts guy from earlier, starts getting real nervous. Like, I got to go check on the dogs. And he leaves. The doctor's getting nothing, so he takes off too, like I said, after taking one sip of his Guinness. He sees that guy outside in the rain, and he starts telling him about the werewolf and everything like that. Other guy comes out and yells at him to quit talking. Well, yeah, I love when he goes outside. He's like, I'm going to go check the dogs, and he's like, the dogs are fine. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's the doctor gets that and leaves. That's pretty much the end of his investigation there. I love this is where David's walking around outside during the day, and this cute little dog is barking at him all mad, because he's a werewolf. And then a cat's hissing at him and everything. Oh yeah, I love the animal interactions, where it's like, yeah, the tiny little, like, Alfred-looking dog is, like, barking at him and whatnot, and is, like, acting like it's the most giant dog ever. Yeah. <laughs> My dog Alfred, that you mentioned, is like that. He thinks he's the largest dog on the planet and can terrify anything. But he's the cutest little cow, uh, cow potato there is. <laughs> oh, I love him. Best friend. But he walks in, he's looking in the mirror, and tonight's the full moon, and he's pretending to be ground in the mirror, looking at his teeth. I almost think he's talking himself out of it at this point. I don't think he even believes it anymore. Well, no, the way like, he's acting, at least. He, like... I think like there's a part of him that believes it, but there's the rational side of him that wants to be like, oh, I'm just going to make fun of it. Then it's not real. Exactly. And Alex is at work right now, by the way. That's why it's just him at the apartment. The flat, I think it's called. Yes. Very good. Yeah, look at that. Oi. Uh, <laughs> Oi, governor. <laughs> All of our UK listeners fucking hate us right now. Fuck you guys. <laughs> like, we don't sound like that. Uh, the moon comes out. Oh, by the way, all this whole like lead up to it, Bad Moon Rising by CCR is playing. Excellent choice. Oh, uh, top, like one of the top moments of the movie because of that song. It's just so good. Yeah, it's just him pacing around, wasting time, but it's great. I love it. Yeah, I love he's like flips through like the four channels they have. There's nothing on. Like he picks up a book that's already half read. He puts it back down. Yeah. But then the moon comes out, and holy shit, we get our transformation. 
which I love how it first starts of like, it's not just like a freeze frame and then like he transforms like classic Wolfman. It's like he starts screaming that he has this headache and he's like really hot. So he rips off his clothes off. He just screams. Yeah, like it's actually like not just like, oh, he's like, oh, fuck, what the fuck's happening to me? Like, yeah, dude. So apparently this was like took crazy long to shoot because each like three second clip we got was hours of work to set up. So like, you know, the hair scene, the foot elongation, all that stuff, the teeth like growing. It's wild. Like you actually see the full like all of him changing. It's great. Yeah, and it's and it it goes to show you how great it is as well because even to this day the effects still hold up and will still sit there and make me cringe and like squirm in my seat, being like, "Oh, now I have like my foot hurts all of a sudden." And what part gets you the worst? Do you think out of it? Honestly, like I hate the hands, but the feet for some reason, whenever they're like getting elongated, has always been the one that gets me the most. I that or the spine like popping thing that one always gets me pretty bad. Yeah, because it, it you have the sound effects of like yeah if it, of it popping out and whatnot. I always hated the face as well when that elongated. Oh yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Oh, it's cool as shit looking, but it's always just like that looks like it hurts more than anything in the world. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's the end. It cuts, and then we see this couple getting out of a cab, and they're going to have dinner with another couple. Like, oh, let's sneak around the back and scare them. What? Why are you acting like a silly motherfucker? Just go in the door. You're you're adults here. What are you doing? It's like proper British like hijinks of like, ooh, let's give them a nice <laughs> row. But yeah, so they're sneaking around. Apparently there's a wooded backyard in this place in London, but okay. Yeah, I guess this is like a pretty rich house. Yeah, but they're sneaking around back and they hear David, again, now David is werewolf David, behind them and he mauls both of them, killing them. The guy whose house it is they're going to hears the noise goes outside bourbon in hand and (laughs) steps on the dismembered arm of his friend that was supposed to meet them oh yeah well i love that um uh his wife is like kind of being like i hear something out there go see what it is and the next scene like you said is like him like with scotch in hand like investigating like he takes two steps outside immediately takes a drink he's not taking this seriously at all no, not at all, until you step on a dead hand. Yeah, that'll ruin your day. Maybe go get another scotch. <laughs> exactly. Um, then we get um, these three homeless guys, and they hear them. They let their dog go, thankfully. I'm always happy when the dog doesn't die. And you hear him growling. You don't see it, but you see like the camera lunge at him for a second. So, but. We find out later they all three of them are also dead. Well, I love they're talking there because they must see him like the werewolf in the distance because they're like, what is that? They're like, that's not Jasper, like whatever the dog's name is. And then that's when like, yeah, you get the lunge. But I love that like few seconds of them discussing of like, what is that? Yeah, it's it's awesome. And this next one is my favorite. But real quick, before we get there, we do cut away to the doctor talking to Alex about David and he's like, I did an investigation. I went to that pub and he thinks the whole town is under a mass hysteria or neuro hypnosis. So he still doesn't believe it's a werewolf, but he thinks they all think it is. And then he's still concerned for David because they think if he actually believes he's a werewolf, he could hurt himself or do something crazy. Right. So they think David is a danger, but they don't think that he's a werewolf. They think he's like, oh, he thinks he's a werewolf, so he knows what he'll do. Yeah, but honestly, best case. You tell people looking into it, but you don't have to do the whole, let's go tell people he's a werewolf or they won't believe him. Melt, That's actually not bad. Melt That'll down work. the silver! <laughs> but anyway, this is where we get the whole subway-like thing. There's a guy waiting for the train, and he hears the growl. Like He's like, hello? No one answers. I assure you this isn't funny. He hears the bigger growl starts running. It's all point of view chase for most of it. And I love this. I don't know why. I think it's done so well. And then we don't see the full reveal until this guy falls onto the escalator. Then we get the reveal of Werewolf David. But I have to tell you this. 
I've seen mall rats too many times that the guy fell on the escalator and I'm less concerned about the werewolf and more worried the escalator is going to kill him. They need to learn to uh, respect and uh, learn how to properly uh, step on that escalator. <laughs> exactly. Well, I love before he goes off running, he's like, I'm going to report you. Well, I think that's what he goes to do originally. I think he's walking back to report him, yeah. and then he's chased. But this is also another thing. Like you said, it's all point of view stuff of the werewolf chasing this guy until he falls backwards on the escalator, and you can like see the werewolf in the distance kind of like walking into frame. But it goes to show you how like you don't always have to show all of everything. You don't have to make this, you know... A Phantom Menace, where there's no like hidden thing whatsoever. If you can do it with CGI, you better show it. This is like it show goes to show you of like less is more sometimes, and it can be a lot oh, scarier. It's the Jaws effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's so good. And then when we get that reveal right there, where he walks out there when he's on the escalator, it looks so fucking cool. You're like, holy shit! And it's just a couple seconds of it, real quick, and then it goes away again. It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. But that's the end. You get the escalator kill. And then David wakes up naked in the wolf enclosure at a zoo. Yeah, I love that there's like a couple other where it does that awesome cut where it's like right when David's about David werewolf's about to kill the guy. And then it cuts to a lion roaring. Yeah, it's it's awesome. But So this is honestly probably the part I laugh the most at the movie. This is the most comedy scene, I think, if you ask me, is this whole bit. Oh, him running around naked? (laughs) Yeah, because he wakes up in the wolf enclosure, and rightfully, I would climb out of there as fast as possible, too. Climbs out, and then he's hiding in a bush, and this little kid is looking at the animals of the zoo, and you hear, psst! And the kid turns around and doesn't see him. It's just the bush, which makes it even funnier. (laughs) He walks up, he's like, come here! Come here! (laughs) Lucas like, no! (laughs) <laughs> he's like, I'll give you a pound. He's like, no, I'll give you two pounds. And then kid, the kid okay. walks over. <laughs> he's holding, <laughs> he's holding balloons. He's like, what do you want? He goes, who are you? He's like, I'm the world famous balloon thief. He goes, why would a balloon thief want to give me two pounds? He goes, I'll show you. And reaches out, and steals the kid's balloon. <laughs> to censor himself as he runs away. Well, at first he walks out naked in front of the kid holding his groin so you don't see anything. Then he steals the kid's balloons and is like, that's why. And like, yeah, this, like you said, he runs away. <laughs> I laughed so every I laughed so hard at this part every fucking time. And then like a scene later, the kid goes up to someone and he's like a naked American man stole my balloons. <laughs> Which is just ridiculous line. <laughs> uh, we give David a run back home. He smartly steals a coat from someone on a bench on the way back. But he finally gets back home. Before that, though, the doctor sees the news of the attacks and calls Alex. He's like, have you seen the television or read the paper? She's like, no. He's like... David's back home. Yeah, he just got here. Okay, bring him to me immediately. And David is like, um, I have never felt better. He immediately, like, basically jumps on top of her just because he's like, I'm guessing he's just so animalistic at this moment. He's just like, must fuck. Yeah, exactly. I think it's something to do with the werewolf because it's out out of character a bit for him. Yeah, because he's like, oh, even like halfway whenever they get in the ta- uh, in the uh, taxi and um, they're like halfway to the doctor's office, he's still like making out like all over and kissing her neck and whatnot. And yeah, definitely. It's it's it has to be with the transformation. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, there's just that animal thing of just like pure instinct of like, OK, I ate all night now must fornicate. Do you think if they do, do you think she has like one kid or twins or triplets whatever or do you think she has like a whole litter like a dog or or are they tiny little werewolves where it's like in uh the fly when brendel fly sleeps with his girlfriend and yeah, that exactly nightmare. i wonder how this goes yeah she yeah. has a nightmare she gives birth to the maggot like she gives birth to like puppies yeah i wonder how that would work she has, like, has that ever been in anything uh i know there's werewolf sex in the howling 
Huh. Let's do the Howling and investigate. There's also like eight Howling movies, and like I think like the eighth one is like a musical or something. Those are ones I want to get to at some point. Oh fuck yeah! But they get in the cab. They're going to the doctor, and the cab driver's like, "It's like the Demon Barber Fleet Street came back talking about the murders." And this is the first either of them are hearing about the murders. Right, and that's when David's like, what are you talking about kind of thing. And then that's when he learns of, like, there was this huge, like, murder spree the night before. Yeah, and he freaks out and jumps out of the cab and tries to turn himself in because he's like, this was definitely me. Because I thought I was a werewolf. I woke up naked in a wolf enclosure and there a bunch of people died last night. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which I love how he tries to get arrested is just being improper in front of, like, an English bobby. Well, no, first he just tries to turn himself in. Normally, he's like, the murders last night were me. And the, the cop's like, oh, sure it is. Move along. Yeah, don't cause a disturbance. And then David just starts, like, screaming insults to, like, the Queen and Winston Churchill and, like, Margaret Thatcher and uh, starts just screaming cuss words. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I got a proper arrest you for this. Are you going to? No. Move along, like they won't arrest him. Yeah, it's all it's all shit. Like fuck the queen, and yeah, they don't arrest him. You know what's crazy with how old this movie is? I think it's still the same queen. I don't think she, it is. I think that lady's immortal. It is like uh, she's been around since God. Like I forget how many presidents they said that she's gone through. You think? Do you think she ever saw this movie? Do you think she was offended by that line? Well, I think at this time she's just getting over the Sex Pistols, like openly no, the, her all the, time. the queen so yeah that makes sense it's like uh, two years ago there was this punk band and a boat right outside my house like singing at me like <laughs> i'm not worried about the werewolf movie yeah where's johnny rotten <laughs> i already took care of Sid vicious they think it's an overdose but it was me <laughs> uh he runs away and Alex and the doctor are talking to the investigators, but David's obviously not there. They tell him they'll find him. David goes to a phone booth, calls home to talk to his family. Only his little sister's there and tells her he loves her. Tell mom and dad I love them. Then he sees Corpse of Jack outside of a porn theater and goes in. So he buys a ticket and follows him into the porn theater. And let's talk about the porno in the background real quick. Because it's oh. not really a plot point like they don't focus on it too much but the little bit they do is hilarious so it's it's just interruption sex so like the people start getting it on someone interrupts for no reason like i told you not to do that you have the wrong person oh it seems i do sorry and they leave and then sex happens again and that's interrupted again and like just over and over again well, i love the even where like jack like corpse jack makes like he comments on it he's like some movie yeah. Um, do you know that's the first bit of this movie they filmed was the porn? Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't a real porno, but they filmed it themselves, and that was the first thing of this movie that they filmed. But yeah, my favorite part is when the guy breaks in, and like he says, so like, I told you not to do this here, boy. He's like, I don't even know you. He's like, well, it seems like you don't. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but this is great because he's in there with Corpse Jack, who's now clearly a puppet, but still looks really good. It's Still Jack doing the voice, but it's awesome. He's like mostly skeleton with Roddy Green bits still attached. It's really cool. Yeah, like his eyeballs are just like in the skull sockets now. Like it looks like the poster for Evil Dead 2, basically. Yeah, but that's going on. And then all the victims he just killed are there too, because they're stuck in the same boat as Jack. Which, I love all their introductions. Where, like, it's the first guy that Jack introduces. It's the guy that David killed in the subway. And he's just like, he's your friend. I don't know you. I could give a shit about you. And then you get, like, the like oh, and this is the happy couple. Da-da-da and da-da-da. And they're like, hello! I love the happy couple. Because they're so nice. Like, yeah, you do gotta kill yourself. Because we're not sticking around this earth like this forever. But they're so nice about it. They're trying to come up with pleasant ways for him to do it and everything. Yeah. It's really funny, actually. I kind of love it. Because David's like, I could hang myself. And Jack's like, no, no, that could be painful. And the rest of them are like, we could give a shit if it's painful. We hope it is. 
<laughs> but not the happy couple. They're nice about it. They're like, um, you could shoot yourself. And I love the guy that got killed. The subway's like, yeah, you could put it in your mouth to make sure you don't miss. And David's like, thanks. <laughs> um, and then the moon rises and he transforms and kills the usher. You want to talk about a shitty job being an usher at the porn theater? Oh, you're just always sticky. Yes, he kills him, and the cops, like, that's reported, there's a commotion, the cops, like, lock him in the theater, like, with one of those, like, what would you call it, like, a shutter gate, like, the kind that roll down over a storefront or something like that? Yeah. That's kind of like a garage door, but they lock him in the theater, and a thousand cops, like, show up, and it's really cool, they're all trying to hold him back, and the gate's just rock, and he's trying to get out, and then he finally does break out. And this, holy shit, it's like the last five minutes of the movie, but just, they crank it the whole way to maximum. It gets wild right here. He breaks out, and instantly, before he even lands, like, he jumps out, bites off a head, like, midair. It's awesome. And then you see the head, like, hit the hood of a cop car and roll away. Yeah, it's so cool. And he causes this wild car crash from running into the road, and it's absolute carnage. Like, most of the deaths in this are just from the giant car pileup. But you see, like, people getting crushed, flying through windshields, getting smashed between multiple cars, cars rolling. It's wild. And most of it's not from him. He does attack a few people, but most of the shit's just the car pile up yeah it's a complete chaos scene and it reminds me of like the end of animal house which makes sense because john landis did both but yeah it's just the pure chaos yeah it's insane i just where's kevin bacon to just be like all is well all is well (laughs) see i was thinking of the car driving through the mall from blues brothers actually oh yeah it's the same kind of scene of just like the like extreme destruction and like panic all of a sudden yeah but david again werewolf david is trapped in a dead-end alleyway here and a bunch of cops are there like the cops that have guns start showing up like i guess swat i guess i don't know yeah i guess and alex and the doctor also arrive alex is somehow able to break through the barricade of cops and runs down the alley and comes face to face with David. I'm worried for her safety right here. Oh yeah, and what is it where that she's is is it like David, I love you and it cuts to the yeah. werewolf starling? Like as one of my favorite memes of like people who put like captions on television where it's like David, I love you, werewolf snarls. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I love you, David. And then the cops open fire and kill David and you get you get Alex's face, like, cry for a second. You see dead, now human David, since he's been shot. And then credits, and I mean instant credits. And then what's the last Moon song they play? Oh, boom, bada, boom. Fuck, I don't know how to do it. Boom, bada, boom, bada, bang, I can't do it! Okay. <laughs> it's another Blue Moon, but, like, the weird, like, jazz fun version that sounds like uh witch doctor i don't know yeah yeah did that's it because i remember it um cutting and like the the last moon song over the credits it's like an upbeat song (laughs) oh for sure man what a cool movie but specifically what a cool last 20 minutes of a movie oh and like what fucking great effects great humor great writing like this is a fuck of a movie man yeah, I forgot how much I love this. I used to get Teen Wolf and American Werewolf in London confused so much, Jesus. which would always be confusing to me when I was a kid and I'd put on the wrong one, but I like both of them. Oh, God. Where you're like, I'm in the mood for a werewolf playing basketball. And then you get like... <laughs> put a David causing like heads to roll in a car crash. Who's this hairy naked man running around for half the movie? <laughs> yeah, man, this is such a fun time. I think this also, I shouldn't like this movie as much as I do, because the middle should drag on and bore me to death, but everyone in this movie is good enough that, like, I like it anyway. It really has that whole, is he a werewolf or isn't he enough in it to keep it entertaining? Oh, yeah, well, that whole middle part of, like, this kind of movie that is 90% of the time, usually it's boring and it's a lot of, like backstory you really don't care about john landis is just so funny that that's when he really shines out oh yeah for sure uh you want to get count of the dead oh yeah i'm excited for this count of the dead ah ah ah
All right, so the Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie, and we add to our grand total of all the movies we've done so far. Last episode, we did... What did we do? Oh, My Bloody Valentine. She left us with a Count of the Dead of 845. Where do you think an American werewolf from London brought us? Uh, Justice for Hollis. Um, Justice for Hollis, yes. Oh, uh, God. There was quite a number of deaths in this movie. Like you said, like, yes. the, like all the people in the movie theater get killed. There's a whole group there. There's like all the people in the car crashes that get killed. Uh, I'll tell you this. There wasn't any people in that movie theater. Uh-huh. One guy was in that movie theater that got killed. Okay. Everyone else ran out. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 17. Oh, you're very close. It was 15. Oh, damn it. Yeah, it brings us to a count of the dead of 860. Nice. But we've hit, like, our last, like, three or four, maybe five movies have all been, like, the over 10 range. We're blown right to the way to 1,000. Yeah, no more Krampus with zero kills. Yes. Um, what every week Greg does is count of the dead, ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my ratings from Dimension Z. Um, we're Insert basically... clap here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um basically i like to yeah, uh, 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 i'm gonna start doing thunderclap sounds every time you say that hey i like my thunderclaps more than being the count from sesame <laughs> street <laughs> <laughs> um i like to do i like to rate things from the movie one through ten one being the worst ten being the best and i pick something from the movie to rate the movie and i'm trying to think about what would be good for this one Oh, I, I got one. I, I want you to do it, though. I would never jump on your ratings. Uh, I'm trying to think of what... I immediately thought of, like, hairy men. No, that's not what I was thinking. Because <laughs> he's, like, shirtless and hairy throughout so, so much of the movie. What were you thinking? Balloons! Balloons? Oh. Because the naked American man stole the balloons. You can even do stolen balloons. <laughs> I'm gonna do Harry Men because that's fun. Of course you are. No, no shit. There's a you're, we're going Harry Men. Okay. <laughs> so on number one, Harry Man. It's like even though like he's awesome and I love this guy. It's like Danny DeVito without his shirt on. You're just being there like, oh, what is that? Like he's hilarious, but you don't want to see him naked. Of course. A number ten Harry Man. I'm thinking it's like Danzig. Okay, yeah. Sure. Shirtless Danzig getting a giant piece of cake with a smile on his face. (laughs) I love that picture. (laughs) I'm going to give this movie nine shirtless hairy men out of ten. Good rating, yeah. It's nine shirtless hairy men. There's like really nothing in the movie that like is ever boring. There's nothing I could sit there and be like, oh, you could lose that kind of thing. And it's just always such a great time since like I remember being little and loving this movie and just watching it again today I still love this movie good I went I mean just off I went eight and a half hairy men out of ten I everything you said I love this movie middle drags a tiny bit and I mean so tiny it doesn't even bother me yeah eight and a half what hairy men yes shirtless hairy men hairy men (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> what are you going to tell about next week? Uh, well, yes. What are we doing next week, Greg? Next week's going to be fun. We get another new release already. Yeah, which I'm extre- uh, very excited about. Especially, like, seeing the couple new trailers that have come out here recently. I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Either it's going to be complete schlock and horrible, or it's going to be pretty awesome. And I feel like I'm going to like it either way. Yeah, we're going to do the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which if you have Netflix, you're going to see this movie. Most of you have Netflix. Look, the problem with Texas Chainsaw sequels is that first movie is one of, if not the greatest horror movie of all time. So you're never going to top it. So just fucking have fun with it, guys. I like Texas Chainsaw 3D. I love Texas Chainsaw 2. I like the remake. It's never going to come close to that original. Just have fun. I'm hoping to have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Like, look at Texas Chainsaw Next Generation and how batshit that is. But it's still fun. Oh, I don't like that one. I don't even enjoy that one. But in general, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
But yeah, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 next week. And they're already retconning uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D's timeline to go with a brand new Which timeline. Which everything else. <laughs> Which it was uh, Leatherface, uh, the prequel, and then it would go normal Texas Chainsaw, and then 3D. All that's over with again. We're rebooting again. Hell yeah. Just keep... Every sequel now is just going to reboot it every single time now. And, uh, well, did you see... Um, I forget what her name is, but the one older lady from Mandy is going to be uh, Sally. Yes, I did see that. Which I'm excited to get. The sister Marlene. Yes. I'm excited to get uh, some Mandy alumni in here. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, I cannot wait to talk about this movie. So, yeah, join us next week because it's going to be fun. For sure. I can't wait. Well, anything else, man? No, that's all I got. All right. Well, we hope that American Werewolf in London has left your brain throbbing with horror. Do you like Throbbing with Horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes their show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? (laughs) Hey, Paul!